Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners, founders, and executives from around the world about operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. Today, we have Michelle O'Keefe, CEO of Engaging.io, on the show to discuss how she and her team dispel the notion that HubSpot's CRM platform isn't customizable, extensible, or powerful enough for enterprise-level businesses. She first calls out that while that notion is swiftly waning, she highlights the fundamental differences between platforms when comparing HubSpot to some other CRM platform options in the market, and how HubSpot's single code base in crafted platform versus cobbled-together competitors is such a key differentiator and key value proposition. Michelle outlines the considerations and notable items that she helps surface in her sales process to help prospects level set and accurately weigh their options when selecting the right CRM for their business. Stacking up HubSpot against things that rhyme with Kalesforce and Kinamics. She wraps up by highlighting her favorite aspects of the HubSpot platform and some of the more customizable functionalities her team has been able to build into an implementation project for one of her clients. Let's jump in to Agency Unfiltered. Hey, Michelle, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are you doing? Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, really well. Thank you for Friday. Yes, excellent. TGIF. Um, one of the longer distances that we've, I think, recorded an episode remotely, um, uh, Australia, um, which is, um, from your account, pretty rainy this 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 week. It is very rainy. Yeah, I pretty much uh, yeah, need a snorkel, I think, at this point to leave my house. So <laughs> I feel like most Australians come with, I mean, because you all live on the coast, I would imagine. I mean, I'm sure you have the snorkel gear ready to go. Yeah, we have that ready to go. Yeah. Um, and then in a couple of years when we've got the bushfires again, yeah, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll have to deal with that. Uh, I'll be honest, I was in Sydney, Australia. Actually, there was a partner event, so I was able to be there. So I, I spent a week or two in Australia and not much, didn't see much rain. Did not see much rain. No, so plenty of sunshine, though. Plenty of sunshine. So it was pretty Well, nice. that's, yeah, Australia at its best. Yes. You got um, it. Yeah. Lovely, lovely time. Um, Michelle, excited for our conversation today. Um, I don't think we oftentimes, obviously, as you so HubSpot comes up quite a bit on these, uh, on, on this podcast, as you can imagine. Um, but I don't know if we, we dig into some of the, some of the competing software out there very much. Mm-hmm. And so I think this will be a good opportunity to do that. Um, before we get into the primary topic at hand, which my interpretation is making sure that HubSpot gets an appropriate seat at the table when, you know, more enterprisey or upmarket customers are thinking about what CRM platform to move forward with. Let's, let's anchor that conversation to some context about you and your team. So let us know uh, who you are, who your team is, uh, and what, what type of services do you offer and, and, and to who? Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, so I'm CEO of Engaging.io uh, and we're now a team of about 30 people uh, in APAC, but we do work on global projects. We've been around since 2009 and pretty much for that whole time we've been working with medium to larger organisations on CRM migrations, uh, custom integrations, custom CRM platforms, 
complex CMS platforms, all of the fun techie stuff. Um, we, from a marketing automation perspective over that whole journey, we've always loved HubSpot. Whenever we were working with marketing directors, um, it would be an easy sell for us. Not that we, that was part of our go-to-market at all, but um, HubSpot was just so, su such an intuitive UI, easy to use, really powerful in the marketing automation space. So probably about four years ago now, when we saw where the platform was headed from that sales and CRM um, perspective, it was starting to offer, you know, we had custom objects um, and Ops Hub launching. We started to get a little bit more excited about, hey, we could actually work with this platform end to end now with our clients. So we saw where that was headed. And one of the big things on that for, for us was actually the ongoing investment into the development of the platform was one of the key areas for us to go, yeah, okay, we're going to hitch our wagon to HubSpot now. Um, still within that medium to larger complex organization um, sweet spot that we've always had. Um, so we've been doing that for the last four years um, and having a lot of fun with it. I mean, to be fair, we're still, most of our clients still have, you know, 10, 20 other platforms in their whole stack that we need to integrate with. Yeah, it's to be expected, um, sure. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, that's the where the fun stuff is. But um, <laughs> yeah, HubSpot needs to be a central piece in that puzzle sure. now. For us, so they're the projects that that we that we run. They're quite they're consulting type projects as well as technology projects. So we spend a lot of time working out with our clients what their processes are, what their humans are, what their problems are. Um, work through, you know, moving CRMs, migrating CRMs is the best opportunity they're ever going to get to clean up those processes or make optimizations. If there's um, a time so we, to do it, it's at that moment in time, right? Absolutely. Yep. I promise you will never do it any other time voluntarily. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we hold their hand through that process as well, that sort of um, transformation process. We do then, then the technical stuff is kind of the easy part. Uh, and then we train them, empower them, and we exit the building. So that's great. That's what we are. Now, uh, candidly, this, as I look at my notes, this is, this is the question I had f towards the end, but I think I'm going to inverse my own, my own, uh, cheat sheet here. Yeah, let's do um, it. would you say amongst these types of customers and clients and prospects that you work with, is there, regardless of what you and I think and what you and I know, is there a notion out there that HubSpot isn't as customizable or as powerful as some of the other options out there, right? If you think about Salesforce and Dynamics. And if that is the notion that you sense, how do you dispel that notion? Yeah, that's um, that's a fun question. And yes, is the answer. Um, however, I will say that I've seen that dramatically change over the last 12 months. Um, and I think most of my role and some of the other partners that do similar work to us will will understand this as well. A big part of my role is educating prospects uh, and customers about exactly what HubSpot is and where it fits. Um, the not least of which, you know, it's kind of new in this space. I get that. That's fine. But there's a lot of myths being perpetuated by other platforms out there as well that are maybe a little bit uh, not happy at where HubSpot's going, a little bit threatened maybe, or we hope. Sure. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, there is a sense out there that HubSpot is um, – does it fit at the table in these conversations with the likes of Salesforce and Dynamics? 
Um, and there's a lot of, there's a couple of little tricks and those sorts of things that the other vendors will use to try and put people off HubSpot, which, mm. you know, we then have to have quite technical conversations around how these platforms are each built. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, what are, those, what, what, are the, but, what are the tactics? What surfaces? Yeah, I think, um, so a couple of those are, I mean, HubSpot and implementation partners are quite open about licensing fees and implementation costs. Um, Sometimes to the detriment, right, because <laughs> other platforms are less um, wanting to be uh, open about the total cost of ownership of their platform. Sure. So what we find is um, when sometimes we're not comparing apples with apples. So we have to sit down with a client and go, okay, from a functionality <laughs> perspective, this is what you have asked for. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to um, go back to the other vendor and say, this is the functionality re- we require. These are the the humans that we need to have access to those licenses. I want the cost, total cost, um, over the course of however many years. I want to know, you know, what the change in cost is going to be year on year. Um, But then the big one that often gets forgotten about uh, Mm. is the total cost for implementation. So Mm. what we find generally um, for like to like uh, HubSpot is at least half the cost from a licensing perspective and at least half the cost from an implementation perspective for the same end result. And I think a lot of that is about the platform itself and how um, easy it is to, to spin up and customise for clients compared to, you know, um, a, a brand new clean skin of, of Salesforce sure. or whatever that might be. Um, so it is actually easier for us to implement in HubSpot than it is in some of those other platforms. Um, so yeah, it's about trying to go, okay, well, HubSpot has a different approach to licensing. So how do we get apples to apples there? Um, there's also a couple of, um, you know, there'll be some comments here and there around, actually, we've had this happen about four times in the last six months where, uh, you knew the exact number too. You're like, yeah, this comes up all the time. Yeah. It's (laughs) under my skin. It, uh, drives me crazy. Um, you know, I have a prospect come to me with an article from 2017 saying that HubSpot, you know, can't, it's no match for custom objects in, in Salesforce. I'm like, okay, you can see that date, right? <laughs> you know that this is five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, same article, which is interesting, um, that's being peddled out there. So I do, in that instance, we bring in some of our tech guys and say, look, HubSpot is has come a long way. Yes, Absolutely. Um, but it's also a different approach to CRM. And from a scalability perspective and yeah. longer-term journey, it's actually a better prospect um, than, you know, some of these other traditional CRMs that you might be considering. The other thing is it's a single code base. So, And actually I have this conversation a lot because people get confused even just talking to um, HubSpot sales reps because sure. you guys are really focused on the, the hubs. You know, you've got Marketing Hub, you've got Sales Hub. Yep. Actually it's just one CRM platform and you're unlocking functionality through those licenses on that single platform. Yep. And that's really different. So I find that that takes, um, we spend a bit of time talking about that with clients because that's quite different to other CRM platforms out there. Um, and this idea that, um, you know, that it's a single platform. There's no issues with integrating marketing hub and sales hub. In no, HubSpot. they're on the same platform, yeah. right? Same code base, 100%. Yep. 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 And HubSpot actually integrates better with Salesforce marketing um, Hub integrates better with Salesforce than Pardot or Marketing Cloud does. People sit there going, what? And you're like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's a really accessible platform and it was designed that way purposefully. Mm-hmm. So, 
I think the one thing that that really stands out to me is that you're actually helping educate these prospects. Going back to like, I think some of the hidden fees, uh, the nature yeah. of maybe some hidden costs. You're actually educating the prospects. Like, hey, if you go ask them these specific questions, so you can get a more accurate depiction of the total cost of the software, the licensing, etc. It's pretty remarkable that you actually have to coach yeah. them what to ask the competitor, like the competing software. Yes, you know, actively, yeah, um, and. I'm sure it's not appreciated, but at the end of the day, it's the right thing for them to, they're making a pretty big decision um, for their business. And it used to be, you know, what I've seen change over the last couple of years is, is the adage used to be, there was never a marketing director that, that got fired for recommending Salesforce. Um, But that's changing, right? That's changing now. It's about, there is so much pressure on organizations for performance and demonstrating that. And we've, we've been fortunate enough now to implement some really complex um, instances of HubSpot uh, in quite large and complex tech stacks for organizations. We've got some really great case studies and that is now giving, you know, our new prospects a lot of um, faith that, yeah, we know what we're talking about. A lot of confidence building, 100%. Absolutely. Mm. And again, that and I can't, um, I can't state this enough, uh, the idea, the ongoing investment into the HubSpot as a platform is a really big, important consideration, not just for us as partners, but also for, you know, these customers and prospects. And, you know, we actively feed back to HubSpot on the platform, on new beaters, on ideas and, and requirements that our, our customers have. And HubSpot listen to us. You know, yeah. we work with the product team um, on different elements that our clients need. You don't get that anywhere else, you know. So the peace of mind that, that our prospects and clients get from that um, can't be underestimated. You brought up some some really cool uh, implementation, some functionality connected to some pretty complex tech stacks. I want to put a pin. I want to really get into the gritty on that. I'd love to hear more about yeah. it. I want to put a pin in it for a minute. Um, I don't know how many partners or how frequently you know HubSpot's product team and the investment in product and research and product development uh, and the openness uh, of our product team. I don't know how many partners are talking about that with their clients, never mind their prospects as well. How does that, what's the soundbite? How does that come up in the conversation organically with these folks? Yeah, I think it comes back to, and probably helps that our legacy was not just HubSpot. We weren't, we didn't start as a HubSpot agency. You know, we worked across a lot of different platforms um, and, you know, a lot of custom builds because, you know, existing platforms (coughs) couldn't cater for our clients' (coughs) requirements. Um, So, you know, we've got a bit of credibility there in terms of understanding what else is out there. And we made a choice as an agency to, you know, hitch our wagon to HubSpot. Um, We're in it for the long haul. There are other platforms out there and, you know, unfortunately there'll be some people out there that have been through this where, you know, you make a sizable investment into something and all of a sudden it's, you know, a couple of years down the track, it's no longer supported or, you know, you need a new version of it, you've got to pay the same amount. Um, And there we're talking about, you know, a fair amount of money, like big investment yeah. in in terms of, of capital, but also humans. Um, so those sorts of considerations were important for us when we worked out, yeah, okay, we, we're going to go with HubSpot. So it, naturally it should be a consideration for our prospects mm-hmm. um, with any of their large investments that they're making. They're the sorts of decisions and, and due diligence that you do, right, um, or you should be doing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it should be giving them confidence that you're you're future proofing your business on a platform that can scale and be agile with you as you grow. Yeah. 
um, the only way it's going to do that is by that ongoing investment that goes into it. And it's a yeah, um, cloud-based platform in that sense. You want to you want to make sure that there's there's changes coming to it and enhancements. Yeah, it almost sounds like shining a light on the your the decision behind your own team's investment. And in, you you mentioned hitch hitch the wagon to HubSpot. I think just reiterating the confidence that you have helps kind of carry that through to, to these conversations as well. And it does. It, like that does give me confidence. Yeah. I know, you know, we're, we're going to be fine here with, um, you know, it's a really good platform as it is now. The fact that there is more happening um, and more ongoing development and the size of that development is yeah, very confidence inspiring for us. I also liked how you mentioned you, you just want to make sure that prospects when weighing their options are appropriately comparing apples to apples, right? And so we've talked about licensing fees and, hey, making sure you get an accurate depiction of cost, maybe some outdated materials on like, hey, actually, you know, if HubSpot lacks the, the ability to leverage custom objects for folks to develop custom, oh, maybe that's not so much the case. Are there any other, you know, uh, f- uh, important considerations or notable items that you surface in these conversations, again, to make sure that they're they're weighing apples to apples? Yes, yes. Um, and we talk about implementation partners as well mm. um, and just highlight that that is a different conversation to the licensing cost conversation. And what is really what's the cost and what's the time frame to implementation and what is being built? So quite often, um, you know, we do demos with HubSpot. That's that's that code is sitting there it's it's there and it's customizable uh it quite often is the case with other platforms where implementation partners might have built something specific to one client that's mm-hmm. fully customized like it, it's it's um it's a bespoke build and it's got some really cool reports and those sorts of things in there and the client goes wow that's so pretty i want one of those but then you go okay that's fine but that is not for your business it needs to be rebuilt or customized for your business. What is the cost of doing that? And have has that implementation partner actually got enough information to be able to price that for you? Mm-hmm. Or is that a conversation you're going to have after you've paid for the license fee? Um, so I think that's, um, you know, we go into a lot of depth up front um, with clients on exactly what their implementation needs to look like. We have a lot of flexibility. A lot of our clients have their own internal IT teams, marketing teams, multiple agencies on their roster. Um, It may be that they only want us to do this bit and this bit and this bit, or it may be that they want us to do the end-to-end. So in order for me to give them a price Mm -hmm. and we provide fixed prices for this sort of work, um, I need to know all that stuff. So saying, okay, you've told me this, this is exactly what we would be implementing for you and this is exactly what you would get at the end of that process you need to ask those same questions of your other implementation partner just so there's no hidden surprises. Yeah. yeah? I mean, the consultancy of how to vet, is it probably goes a long way with these folks. The fact that you're offering a helping hand on how to just really make the most informed decision they can, you know, I, I can imagine that, yeah. that lands really well with these, with these prospects. And it's, you know, the chemistry you have with an implementation partner for these sorts of projects cannot be underestimated. Totally. And we're not all things to all people. So, you know, there's plenty of prospects we come across that say, yeah, okay, I'm not sure this is going to work for whatever reason. Um, you know, we can recommend someone else potentially. Um, you know, it's you're going really deep and creating this virtual team for a period of six, 12 months with a client. 
Um, you've got to be able to get on. You've got to be open. You've got to be able to share ideas to get to a really good endpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you need to understand that chemistry is that chemistry there because if, if we're really not going to get on for six months, I'm, maybe it's not going to be great. Like the interpersonal aspect of this relationship is a key component, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You're picking a roommate, yeah. you know, you're going to live with this person for six, yes. nine, 12 months. So, you know, are you getting along? Um, and for us as well, um, our staff are the single most important thing to us. So they need to be happy. They need to be able to do good work. Um, so if they're happy and they do good work, then it follows that our clients are happy as well. Um, beyond apples to apples comparison of software, and I, you've you've brought up a couple um, examples of single code base being a, a really important value proposition. Um, you've the the continued investment in product and functionality as another. Are there any other you know fundamental differences or like key value propositions that you find carry a lot of weight? Uh, and these conversations when comparing HubSpot to, to some of these other softwares, like what other value propositions that are unique to HubSpot do you do you uh, value the most? Yeah, probably the next most important and frequently talked about uh, by myself is, um, and the reason we were always attracted to HubSpot, even back in the, the days of marketing automation, <clears throat> was just how easy it is for clients to use it. Mm. So they're becoming empowered. So instead of, you know, you, you spin up a Salesforce or a Dynamics, you either need to hire your own engineers uh, and your own team to make any changes and, and optimizations or fixes, um, or you're hiring an agency to do that for you. It's a mm-hmm. fair cost. I mean, those <laughs> engineers don't come cheap, right? Right. Um, and then there's not just the cost of that. There's also, okay, well, I need these changes for my marketing campaign. They're going to take two or four weeks. I can't run that campaign for two or four weeks, you know, whatever. There's the cost of, of that mm-hmm. as well. So um, our, our biggest then that conversation there becomes, okay, we're here for a period of time to get you up to speed as quickly as possible to then share all of our knowledge um, on what we've learned about your business and how we've set up HubSpot for you, but also how you can run with that once we exit the building. So, you know, your database admin, any changes that you might want to want to make, that structure that you need to have internally, um, but basically, you don't need us to come back and make any of those changes for you. Um, we've shown you how to use it. You've got the Academy, which has thousands of tracks in there. We give them um, examples for each key team member, you know, of the tracks that they should be staying Thank you for the of. cheap plug. Thank you for the plug. That's, honestly, it is the best support though, right? <laughs> like it enables them to self-serve and become, you know, experts in their own CRM platform. Um, so that's super important. We also plug the in-app 24-7. Yeah. Um, help the is the best yeah. uh, in-app support I have ever used and we use it still as a partner as well. So uh, they're all the things that, that we plug. But for the purpose of and the reason we started our agency was basically to empower other organisations to own their own data, to understand their own data, to optimise their revenue generation processes or their, their, you know, customer care processes, whatever it might be, they own that now. You know, we've come yeah. in, we've helped them, we've optimised, we've solved some problems. <laughs> it's over to you now. Yep. Um, I mean, the self-sufficiency really thing is key, right? I mean, again, as we talk about potential hidden costs, right? Actually yes. having the, the keys to the car and being able, you've been taught to drive, right? You know how to do stick shift. Absolutely. Or so I think there's just another element of the cost factor there, which is great. Yeah. And that's powerful. 
Yeah. Uh, and again, it's not something that's often thought of, or it's thought of as a, oh, well, hey, that's just part of the cost of having a CRM platform. It's like, it's not how it works anymore. Mm-hmm. The world's moved on. <laughs> um, all right, going back to what we pinned earlier, uh, you had mentioned some really, really uh, uh, complex or unique implementations or rollouts. Or you, It sounds like you've done some really, yeah. really neat things, again, on the spirit of, uh, yes, HubSpot is deeply customizable, deeply powerful. Um, what are some of the functionalities that you've rolled out or what certain things that you've folded into an implementation uh, that really yeah. like stretched out the capabilities of the platform? I'd love to know. Yeah, we've, um, we are very fortunate to work on some very fun projects uh, and a lot of emerging projects are all based around integrations with data lakes as well. So we're seeing um, a transition for a lot of these medium to larger organizations setting up their IT infrastructure in a data lake. They own their all of their data and they can sort of bolt in and, and pl- plug in and out different platforms um, as they see fit. So we work with a lot of data lakes and provide a lot of advice there as well on that architecture, um, which is fun. Um, we push HubSpot functionality as far as it will go in Portal. So there's some fun things we can do um, particularly in the area of, of really sensitive data or, um, you know, you need to integrate to a third-party platform that you don't want everyone to have access to. Um, we can actually bring that data from that third-party platform um, into HubSpot via a CRM card, iframe it in. You can play with the data, you can search it, you can enter data. So it looks like it's sitting in HubSpot. It's natively uh, in HubSpot, user's perspective. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's in the UI. Um, but it is actually a third-party platform that's hosting that data. It doesn't live in HubSpot. We can also use that data to trigger campaigns in HubSpot as well. So there's not a lot we can't do uh, in that space. Um, and I guess some of the other uh, fun things we've been able to do, particularly in the the sort of well-funded SaaS startup space, mm. um, just because HubSpot is so accessible from an integration perspective, we've got, um, you know, in-platform triggers pushing through to HubSpot on, you know, platform usage for that, that platform and triggering to salespeople to say, oh, you know, I know you sold 100 seats for this licence, but they've they've actually taken 120. You need to go back and charge yeah, them more yeah. or, um, you know, they're Activation, only taking 20. Engagements in another, like that company's, actual yes. SaaS product yeah. and that triggers. Yep. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That that sort of integration is really powerful um, because it can, you know, you can have conversations around potential churn. You know, they've only taken up 20 seats of the 100 that I sold them. Uh, they're probably going to churn in a year if I don't insert myself in here going, hey, what's going on? Can I help you? Um, so being able to be proactive and using that the power of automation and those triggers in HubSpot is, um, is, is really great for those sort of sales and customer service teams as well um yeah with lots of lots of fun customization throughout the deal uh still stages and custom quotes as well i was just about to say i'm not a creative person and so when i think of the deals pipeline i think of stages of a sales opportunity same thing for like the the support like service hub right and all these are the stages of a support ticket but i can imagine there's a lot of creative ways to use that which Mm -hmm. i think you're about to allude to what are like what are some really really fun ways that you've seen clients leverage like a pipeline yeah i think um i mean there's lots there's a couple of examples one would be where 
you know, we're capturing enough information to be able to, and during this, this sales process, we get to a point where we actually need to bring in a lawyer to do their piece um, before we can progress the deal to the next stage. So we've actually um, building in functionality that, that takes all of the data inputs from various fields that we've been filling out as we, we progress the deal stages, um, automatically puts together that documentation for your solicitor or whoever it might be, um, or your banker, sending that to them, getting them to sign off on that, coming back automatically directly to HubSpot. I get notified when it's done. I can set triggers if it's not done within a certain time frame, And all of that is happening within the deal pipeline in HubSpot. Um, so, and there's a lot of that cross collaboration with other organizations now that we can, you know, we can really segment what people can see and do in HubSpot, um, that, you know, means we can make the most of all of those automation or that automation functionality and that workflow functionality as well. Um, the idea of, of, um, uh, having ops hub in there as well to, to do some even more fun things is that's definitely our favorite hub. At engaging, um, I think we sold an ops enterprise before it was a skew um, <laughs> with HubSpot. So um, eager yeah, to sell, lots yes, and lots. yes, right? yeah, eager oh, to sell, yeah. yeah. That that fun stuff, yeah. It's um, it's it is fun to sell that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have we done? Um, so many things. Well, let me um, let me do a quick pit stop. If it's just you know, we can go back to that if you're able, if you want to continue racking your brain for it. Um, kind of a kind of a pull away from I think the primary topic we're chewing through here. But I know you and I have talked briefly about uh, solutions architects and like solutions architecture. It's obviously a pet rock uh, of my groups, but also something that that your team leans on quite heavily. How do you how do you develop solutions architects? Uh, yeah. you know, at your firm, um, are they the built unicorns. and grown internally? Uh, do you seek yeah. them out externally? What does that look like? Yeah, um, they are the unicorns. So we have um, anyone that knows us will probably know Ralph. Uh, he is our lead architect um, and is one of the directors of the business, and he's always been passionate about HubSpot, um, and certainly HubSpot love him. So um, he spends a lot of time talking with them, uh, giving them advice as well. A lot of sales reps gives advice to. Uh, he thinks outside, very much outside the square. Understands client requirements, but can articulate those into a, you know, back into a technology um, conversation. I think we've got half of the team are engineers. Um, they are very highly skilled, full stack engineers, and mm. they're not cheap. Um, as uh, but they need to be able to adapt from project to project. Every client has a completely different set it's a blank of slate, not only right? needs, Each one. Yeah, yep. Yep. but their technologies, right? Like, you know, we get pulled into conversations. Oh, can you integrate with this platform? We built it 30 years ago. <laughs> um, Phil built it. Phil doesn't work here anymore. Nobody knows how it works. And we have to go in and work out, okay, excellent. Uh, we'd like to export away from that platform, yes. but we can't always do that. So, okay, let's just work out how we can integrate with this thing. Um, we have thousands of those conversations a year with thousands of different platforms. So these, our team need to have a, the right approach, I think. So from an integration perspective, we have a checklist of stuff that they need to go down to work out, is this possible? Yep. Firstly, uh, if it's possible, how easy or difficult is it going to be? So we can as quickly as possible say to the client, 
sorry, it's not possible, which very rarely happens. Yes, it's possible, but it's going to cost you a mm -hmm. lot of money. So how much did you actually want that function? Um, and just having that, you know, pragmatic conversation with the client and saying, look, this is what we've found. So you need to have people that are curious, um, very curious, um, passionate about technology and problem solving. Um, they need to be very, very good developers at the end of it. So they might not be the ones actually developing the integration, but they'll be briefing someone else. Yep, they need to be able to, to accurately represent, right? The, very yeah. accurately, yeah. especially given that we we um, provide fixed cost uh, for what we build. It, the risk then is on us to have mm -hmm. done our due diligence and make sure that we're doing that. Not everybody understands the need for that but i promise you if that due diligence is not there it will come back to bite someone mm -hmm. at some point in time we have learned that the hard way over you know 13 14 years of of operating so it's hard it's hard to find those people and yeah. if you find them please look after them <laughs> or maybe you don't look after them so they look elsewhere and they join you know yeah they come them back on the us. talent market yeah sure We're always um, <laughs> i mean it just it feels like a chicken or the egg right obviously you know it sounds like HubSpot is a platform and a, a product that uh, warrants a seat at these types of tables with these types of customers, right? That we know. Um, but then you also need to be able to scope out the solutions design and then actually have the team that can then implement knowing that you're now able to have those sales conversations, right? Yeah. So it's two halves of the same coin in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that process from an implementation perspective is the same as a Salesforce or a Dynamics process. Um, and I think that's what's new for HubSpot uh, is that, you know, we've now got more traditional um, CRM migration uh, projects happening on the HubSpot platform, but the HubSpot platform is quite different. So what do they, what do those pro projects look like on HubSpot? And I think from our perspective, <clears throat> with the way the platform has been designed and, you know, what, what the growth that it, it's going to see over the next couple of years, those organisations that are, have, they're with their own businesses are quite agile and think happy to think outside the box and happy to to try something new were well, the ones that pioneered you know that functionality on hubspot have really reaped rewards from doing it have been able to grow you know hubspot's an agile platform it's growing with customers um you know you don't need to rebuild it every two years or three years you know as your business changes um and you know those those customers that were able to think that way um, and saw the opportunity have really reaped the rewards from doing that and have now given us, as I said before, those great case studies to say, hey, this is absolutely possible. Because at the end of the day, I think that's, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You want to talk to clients we've done this for. You want proof that not only can HubSpot do what you need it to do, but that we can build it and configure it in a way um, that suits your business. Because, you know, you can have the best technology in the world, but if you have a crap implementation, uh, it's going to be a spectacular failure. You can paint the picture for them. But again, I can imagine those projects, those case studies, the, the validation of yes, right? Absolutely, and here are the results yeah. that it can yield for a business like yours, right? And it stops that conversation, you know, of, of other vendors sort of saying HubSpot can't do that, can't do that. It's like, yeah, it can. Here's the proof. I have that conversation a lot. So it's, it's just cutting out, cut the crap. You know, like, you know, I know what you're trying to win a sale here, but you're also lying about what HubSpot can and can't do. It's really just um, think outside the sprocket and cut the crap. If I had to really yeah. distill this conversation down, right? <laughs>
<laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, Michelle, I think we're officially out of time. So I'll, I'll let you go. Um, one final question, though, before I do. Uh, we wrap every yeah. episode with this. Uh, what is the strangest part of agency life? The strangest part of agency life. Um, I I have been in agency for so long. Uh, I think you have to be crazy <laughs> to work in an agency. Um, it's kind of like Groundhog Day in one sense, but um, you get that fulfilment um, as well on quite a regular basis of of lots of happy customers. Um, so it's a it's a different breed of people that that work in in agencies and. Uh, my team is is a super awesome embodiment of that. So they keep it fun. Um, yeah, different breed. That's great. So you're like, Kev, basically we're crazy, but we, we have fun along the way. Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely have fun. You have to have fun. You it's been to. so long at work. Yeah. Um, well, Definitely. Michelle, thanks so much uh, for, for walking us through this. Super insightful, super informative. Thanks for having me. Uh, so it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, so thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thank you. And for folks tuning in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.